Hi, I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And I'm Angelica Yard. And we're the heart behind the Heart and Hustle podcast. Every Wednesday, we share a new episode with our listeners on topics that range from business and creativity to leadership and innovation. We also interview some of the best and brightest in the industry and spread our love of entrepreneurship all over the internet with our hashtag, BossSoHard. We're on a mission to help you find balance in your life, creativity in your career, and dollars in your bank account. So sit back, relax, and take notes while we show you how to dream big, work hard, and repeat. Welcome back. I'm actually ready this time. It's a mess. <laughs> After a false start. As my daughter would say. have only been at this for two years. She's right? like, it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. She says it all the time. It's a mess. I'm like, wow. It's She's like, not wrong. Messy. She's not wrong. It is all a mess. <laughs> um, this year has been interesting. It's been long. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's been a year. It's almost over. I, we're almost there, guys. We've made so it through. Close. Um, I know a lot of people like have had bad years personally and and then they that kind of goes with like what's going on in the world and intensifies it so that's been really hard and then the flip side you have people that have had good years personally but have kind of felt like almost guilty about being able to you know like celebrate and enjoy that because the world is you know going to flame up in flames and all that literally in california (laughs) yeah i think it's really important that if you are happy or you have something to celebrate please celebrate that don't feel bad about you know saying you know i had a good year these great things happen and i'm celebrating them like if something went well for you you know focus on that celebrate that and honestly share with others because like even when i'm not doing well i like to hear that someone is um (laughs) and this was definitely a rough year for me uh personally as well as like every other type of way um, but at the same time, like my family is about to like get together and we're just going to celebrate everything that did go right. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. always something that went right. So you can always get together and celebrate that at the end of the year. It's, it's all right. <laughs> You're like, it's all right. <laughs> it's, yeah. I it's mean, not it's, been bad for me personally. Yeah, it like it's not been, been a challenging year. It's just been a, a long, it's a lot of stuff and I, yeah. It's, I'm done. We're already at December 12th, so, oh, you know, and I, I don't so like close. to rush December because I really do enjoy it, and, like, to me, when December hits, the year's over anyways, so I'm just like, yeah. whatever, if this was a bad year, it's fine, like, I'm leaving it in the past, because December to me is, like, this is just, like, Christmas time, and Christmas, like, knows no, like, time and limits and boundaries, like, <laughs> December's magical, and we're just, like, in a Christmas bubble right now, so that's just how I feel about it, so I'm, I'm trying to drag this, you know, month out as long as possible, especially... Like, a week from tomorrow, uh, Ben and Matt get here. So we're just going to be doing, like, definitely go follow me on Instagram at Chris O'Keefe because we're just going to be doing all the Christmassy things around Orlando and, like, watching all the snow, which is snow oh, soap God for those bless. of you that don't live in Florida. People actually have snow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, they, there's, everyone else gets, like, real snow right now. Like, it's snowing in We Georgia, have appropriated and snow. Have snow. Snow appropriation. Yeah. What's really crazy about the snow pier, too, is that, like, it's not just in, like, Disney and, like, downtown celebration. Like, where we live, people have snow, in like, yeah, in, in their front They have it yards. at my daughter's school. Um, yeah. So. Like, you can walk down a regular house and it's decorated and then it has, like, snow flying out. And you're just like, how? Like. All the time. All the time. So I'll be walking money. and like, then I'll get hit in the face yeah, with, like, with soap snow. bubbles. And I'm like, I have an afro, y'all. We can't be doing this anymore. It's not. It's fun. Um, yeah. It's like, it's one of those things that our hair looks really good with it like with snow falling in it like i literally i remember being at the um the lights last year and a guy literally came up to me in the crowd and he was like he just stopped me and he was like 
your, I just want you to know your hair looks beautiful with, like, all the snow in it. However, the next day, because your hair is, like, being touched by chemicals, chemical, like, soap, it's just dry and a hot mess. And, like, horrible, which is why I have a beanie on right now, because I just keep playing in snow and I can't stop. I also like didn't know as many of my friends from here have never seen snow and I think that's really a lot of friends still like you're in your 30s have never seen snow and it's That's crazy to me me. I'm like please go snow was up like eight hours you guys you could have drove up to Atlanta and saw the snow at any time over the weekend please go do that I don't remember the first time I saw snow because I was a baby but like I remember the first time that I had like a big snow and played in it and I was about four or five and we were in upstate New York visiting for my grandmother, my great grandmother's 90th birthday. And it's just like, I just have so many great snow memories from that first, like, big snow that Yeah, I Atlanta had a blizzard in 93. So yeah, it was like, like you go out, play outside, make snow. Fantastic. Memories, all that stuff. Yeah. God bless. And, and it's great. Like, the memories when you're a kid are the best because you don't have, or when you're just visiting because you don't have to do anything. No, like, you don't know. have to shovel. You don't have to get snow yeah. tires. You don't have to <laughs> be a responsible owner of your home and make sure that yeah. your furnace works or all the other stuff that people do when snow yeah. happens. So it's like, we, that's why we, part of why we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so today is our favorite things episode. If like I had a Oprah. like noise of Oprah, I would play it right now. Just imagining an Oprah like yelling into the microphone. <laughs> you gonna favorite things episode. You gonna favorite things episode. Everybody gets one. I'm so excited. I love this episode. It's always fun. Last year we did it as three episodes, right? Right. Yeah. So this year we just decided to like kind of condense it into one um, because we want to take two weeks off. Last year, did we take any time off? If we did, it was we just took, like the, yeah. like the whatever. Week I think of it was Christmas. one week off or something. Yeah. So this year we're gonna take two weeks off because we deserve it. Everyone deserves to take two weeks off if you can this year from whatever you can because it's been a long year. Um, so we're taking two weeks off. So we're condensing this into two episodes. Or I'm sorry, into one episode. So today we're going to talk podcasts, blogs, and books. What our favorites were from this year specifically. Not necessarily our favorites of all time, but our favorites from this year. Um, and we definitely want to hear from y'all afterwards. So let us know, you know, what your favorites were. So we know what to start listening to, reading, and paying attention to in uh, 2018. So do you want to start with podcasts? Since we're we podcasts? can start with podcasts because <laughs> 2018 has been the year of the 2018. I'm already in the future, y'all. 2017 has been the year of the podcast. I know a lot of my friends or people who were guests on the show have started podcasts this year. Yes. Um, so it's been really cool to listen to all these different podcasts about different things, not just business or entrepreneurship. There's been a lot of crazy random podcasts that I've started to listen to this year. So it's been really cool to uh, branch out and listen to different things. All right. So do you want to read through yours first? Um, I am. Go back and forth. Go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the first one is actually somebody who was a guest here, um, Allie Lehman of the Wonder Jam, the one and her husband Adam. They started the Wonder Jam podcast this year. It's um become easily one of my favorite podcasts by a studio or an agency just because uh knowing of them from the internet and the way that they run their business, it's very similar to the way we run ours. Um and the people that they've had are usually people that I've known from the internet on the show itself or some of their clients. So getting to know a little bit more about their processes. Um, the first season was about kind of the starting the business. I think the second season has been more about like growing and growth from um, having your business. So it's just been a really cool podcast. Uh, if you have an agency, if you're looking to start an agency, it's a really, I would recommend it just for understanding the ins and outs of businesses, especially when you're working with your spouse, because I think that's something that a lot of people have started to do. 
I've noticed this year, um, a lot of my friends have started businesses with their spouses and it's very interesting how those dynamics work. And it's kind of cool when you listen to people who've been doing it for a while just to get an idea of what you can learn from them in terms of working with people that you care about. So, Yeah, it's always great when it's someone that we've actually, like, that we know or that we've right. on here, that sort of thing. It's always fantastic. Um, my first one is going to be Pod Save America. Um, just because I feel like... It saved America. <laughs> like, we, we all listen to yeah. it. I don't yeah, know anybody like who doesn't listen to it. It's such a great podcast because, um, you know, with everything that's going on, like, we need to be educated. We need to be informed. Um, I feel like they inform us in a way that doesn't scare the shit out of us, but also is still very real. I also feel like, you know, I, I realize that I come from a family that is very political, very into podcasts. Like some of my family works in politics. So for us, like politics is, is something that, you know, we discuss all the time. Probably since I was like 12 or 13, I've been like, you know, discussing politics with my grandfather and that sort of thing. But I realize that not everyone is super into that. And I totally get that. And I understand why. But at the same time, like, you know, politics, that's how we govern ourselves. That's how rules are made. And they affect people, especially if you're not like a straight, white, cisgendered man. It, like they're going to affect you. Uh, but really, they do affect everyone. So I think it's, it's important to understand a little bit about what's going on. And what I love about Pod Save America is that it really kind of breaks things down into layman's terms for mm-hmm. people. Like it's, it's not like, you know, watching certain programs where people that ne- don't necessarily follow politics a lot are going to get kind of like left behind right. and be a little confused. Um, so it's really great because it just kind of breaks it down, makes it a little bit easier to understand. And I feel like it's one of those podcasts where you can just jump in on any single episode and you're right there. Like you don't need like a lot no. of like, background information about the host or anything like that. Um, you can just kind of pick up wherever um, and if there's, you know, if there's a topic you're just not, like, feeling or whatever, you don't want to listen to it at the moment, you can skip that one. It's easy to do. Um, but it's, you know, it's weekly. They they update it all the time, which yeah, is great. Yeah, say it's multiple times a week, usually. Exactly. And the other thing I like about it is, because it's not, like, a lot of the, the podcasts that blow up like this that are really big or that... Um, just like a lot of the podcasts that came out this year are have huge budgets. Like they're like made in studios and it's like, it's not that same organic feel of like two people like in the basement being like, we're going to start a podcast that kind of was like (laughs) a few years ago. Right. Right. Um, These are people that have like, most of these people have like backing from these huge companies or whatever, but you know, positive America is actually done on a pretty conservative budget considering how well it's done. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing conservative about it because it's extremely liberal, which is the way that I like things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's done really, really well. And I think if you haven't listened to it, you definitely should give it a try. And, and it's funny too, sometimes. No, I think um, it's hilarious all the like, time. <laughs> Just yeah, that. Like, is, even when is. they're being like, you know, angry or upset about something that's happened, um, they're still very lighthearted, which I think exactly. people need in news is to keep, you know, being aware, but also understanding that you don't have to be down or depressed or very heavy. Like, they talk about heavy topics, but in a way that you can digest easily because it's not so, like, dread and, yeah. and like, depressing music around it and everything. And, by the way, I'm, like, totally obsessed with the host, John Farbo. Yeah. Everything he says on Twitter, I'm, like, retweet, retweet, That's the retweet, only reason retweet. why I got into it because <laughs> I've been following him on Twitter for so long since he was in the Obama administration. And so... um seeing that he had started a podcast yeah, I kind of like, well, kind of gives that I ignored it for the first like month or two just because mm-hmm. I was like okay yeah good for you you started a podcast everybody does and it's I'm like oh it's a bunch of white guys I don't hear this that's, that's but it's so surprising <laughs> to me about it that I love but it but I did take a chance on guys. it and listen to it it's all white um, guys and it's all good straight if yeah. I'm not incorrect I'm pretty sure they're they all you know pretty privileged as well 
um, even outside of being white men, like it seems like a lot of them may, I'm, I'm not sure their exact backgrounds, but just being as like what they do now, I'm, I'm assuming they come from a certain amount of privilege. Um, but it's shocking that it's, and it's, I guess, an, an encouraging in some ways that it's coming from white men that it's like, cool, some of you get it. Yeah. <laughs> not all of you are. Definitely. If ridiculous. I'm listening to a podcast and it has like, like white dudes on earth, the only white dude podcast, which is very, very few, by the way. It's because they get it and they understand their privilege and they acknowledge it multiple times and they call out other people for not acknowledging their privilege, which is something that I think you should do as an ally and a person that is in a place of privilege. So, yeah. Yeah. And we can't, you know, we can't beat white supremacy without white people, because if we could, if it was something that we could overthrow without them, then we would have already done it. Um, So we kind of need them to be in this fight with us. Um, so yeah, these are a, a group of guys that are. Yeah, um, my second one is still processing, and this is um, out of the New York Times. Um, it came out, I want to say it came out last year, maybe early this year. Um, and I remember when it came out, and, and people were like, oh, listen to it, or don't listen to it, because it's a New York Times back pocket. One of those things where it has really high uh, production quality, it's backed yeah. by a very large uh, media conglomerate, and so it was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't need another pop culture podcast, especially that's a, a dude and a chick, black girl. You know, I like, I listen to the read, which Christmas going to talk about later. So that's like, that fills my pop culture uh, kind of nugget, so to speak, in terms of things. But this comes at it from a different direction. They're both biracial, I want to say, if not one of them is. Um, so they're d- different approaches to things in terms of that way of being, I think, no, I definitely think they're both biracial. So approaching things a little bit differently um, from just being biracial in America, but obviously identifying as black and, and having to deal with things. And I think some of the episodes right after, some of the things that happened, um, I want to say it was one of the shootings. It was it Las Vegas? It was, it was one of the shootings or whatever. There's that, so many yeah, I know. That ugh, yeah. Ugh. But yeah, I, I really like the way they uh, approached things. I think after Kendrick Lamar's album came out that they did kind of review, and that's what sold me on the, the show. I was like, okay, we're feeling, I was in Philadelphia. I was coming back on the plane listening to it, and I was like, we're all feeling the same things mm-hmm. about Kendrick Lamar right now. I love this podcast, and I listen to it every week. Um, so I really, really enjoy it. Um, I don't listen to it as often just because of time is limited but i'll binge listen so i'll be like oh it's like a month off and i'll listen to four in a row and they've been really amazing so that's my recommendation i'm a big binge listener yeah i like i like something that has like a lot of good episodes consistently so when i have a block of time i can just go in and do like three or four Mm -hmm. um which is often what i do with uh this next best podcast i'm going to mention which is the read um, I, we didn't mention the read last year, and I don't know really how. I don't think we don't listen because I feel like I never mentioned the read because I just think everybody, everybody listens to it. I'm yeah, like, why do I, I need to like tell you about to, the read? Like, we need to stamp and co-sign okay. That well, if we didn't make it clear, because I feel like I, but we didn't. I feel I know, like I quote Kid our, Fury and yeah. Crystal at least once it an wasn't episode on or something. Our list last year, <laughs> no. so I'm like, I feel like it needs to be like a part of our. Well, you're welcome. List. So, Listen to the read if you're yeah, not. I mean, the read is just great. I, I don't think that there's been one episode where I have been disinterested for, at for a second. Like, I love yeah. every minute of that podcast. It's just done to perfection. And, like, you know, there's so... I think that if you're in pop culture, that is the the like genre that has the most podcasts so i think right. if you can stand out among that like you're really doing something well and the right. read is one of the first podcasts that i listened to um 
it was the Joy Same. the Baker podcast because Melissa told me to listen to it. And then from there, I found the read because it was like, oh, and I was just trying to give pop culture without actually having to pay attention. And that's yeah. literally the only reason why I listen to the read because they keep me plugged in without actually having to pay attention. Like, I don't have to follow Tyrese on Twitter ever because Crystal and Kiffier yep. will tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. And see, like, I, I feel like I didn't even go into it, like, for the pop culture, but I do it a little bit more for just, like, the hilariousness of yeah, it. Yeah. It's their so funny. Like, yeah. I love the conversations they have. I love the way they interact with each other. Like, I, they, they just seem to have, like, such, like, just the best friendship ever. Like, yeah. that's, like, the kind of friendship that, like, we all want. Um, and another thing that I love about them that we were just kind of talking about off air um, of a live show of another podcast that we like. We're not going to mention it. But that the live show for it didn't go very well. But the live shows for the read are, are so amazing. Funny. And whenever they so have funny. them and you listen to them afterwards, it's like, I feel so jealous that I'm not there. I remember, I'm pretty sure that Amber went she did. to one. She did go. Like, she I went to a live so episode of the read. She you. got a picture with Dustin Ross. Yeah. Like, her life is, she it's was living her best fair. life. It's not fair. Why do we live in Florida where nothing happens? Because we can't expect anybody to come here. And do like they're not gonna come down here. Nobody's coming to Orlando. I mean, um, they've come to Miami. I don't think they've come to Tampa. Um, but yeah, you're not, no don't coming, come. No we, one's coming to the middle of the state. You're not wrong. Don't come here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. But it, it makes me sad because it was like I saw her like getting on the train, blah, 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 and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be getting on the train and going to watch this as well. It just looks, and I mean, the audience, oh, like. It just, like even the it attra- audience yeah, is funny. It attracts the funniest like, audience that was members. The best part. It's yeah. like the audience is like just the listener questions are always hilarious. Yes. The reads are always on point. Like it just everything is. Yeah, the I short mean, format I think I think sense. that like even if you're not like if you're like oh I don't really like. <laughs> speaking to the wrong audience because if they're listening to this they do like podcasts but i was like if you have a friend that's like oh i don't like podcasts that's not my thing tell them to start with the read and that'll get them hooked yeah 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 and i feel like if you don't really i mean it's kind of like a bonus but but i feel like because it spawned out of the read the friend zone if you're not super into pop culture and you're more so in the wellness then the friend zone is the read for people who don't pay attention to pop culture because <laughs> yeah. it's literally this, like of the same friend group it's the same you know type of thing and it's the same format uh generally but just a little bit different with the topic so i feel like that um works as well if you're not super into knowing what happens on love and hip because i don't watch any of those shows so, like, i have I no idea i don't know half of things they're, they're talking, talking about, about half of them half of them it. i have to like google yeah. people all the time because i'm like who is this what is happening yeah it's like i literally don't know but then it's just like the way that they deliver it it's so enjoyable it's great. that i'm like tell me about things i don't know and bust the read we and then don't. i sound like cool like i know what's going on in the world we don't deserve <laughs> We're not worthy. Um, my third and final, and I've talked about this several times this year in the podcast, is Black Girl on Home. Yes. It is such a good podcast. It is two women who are in Chicago who are doing things in the wellness space specifically, um, being black women and just being out here. Um, their cover of Crown Mag actually is available for pre-order right now. It's a love issue if you want to get that. Um, but they're just really, I mean, like it's a Lauren Ash and... Uh, Dion, um, so they're both very funny, um, just young too. I think they're they're like I'm not saying young because I I'm young and we're the same age. I think <laughs> about um, so it's like it's very uh, like a lot of the podcasts I listen to now are people who are way older than I am or like older than I am, like the thirty yeah. to forty five plus range. And so when I listen to somebody and I'm like I find out that they're twenty seven or two, I'm like oh you're you're not there yet either. Like we're all the same age. So um. It's a really cool podcast. Um, they talk about yoga. There was live meditations in a lot of the episodes. They talk to other wellness practitioners, artists, uh, singers, 
and it's just really like it's i feel like i would ha- like i would hang out like these would be my friends if i lived in chicago i definitely would hang out in that type of circle and drink tea and uh drink kombucha and eat tofu and just hang out and live our best lives and talk about yoga the whole time so yeah it's you know that i'm like we need a group like that here we don't have one and it's, no. it's really awesome to see black women talking about wellness and focusing on wellness and obviously like people should do that unapologetically but i feel like black women are often made to be like you don't have time to focus on your mental health because you need to do all of these other different things or just seems not culturally like it doesn't fit within the culture or whatever yeah exactly because it's like we're meant to think that we need to do 800 other things and like that we're like that people don't like if you if you quote unquote need that which we all do that you're like not like strong enough or whatever yeah self care is usually is. not put in the same space exactly. as a woman of color especially yeah, black so women. it's it's really like refreshing and amazing um and it, I, I, are there any other podcasts similar to Black Girl Mom I feel like there's not not that I know of not that I know of either which is kind of weird um okay so going into um Black Girl podcasts which majority of our podcasts on the list have been. Um, I kind of have like a tie for my third one, if that's allowed. It's like a tie between the Food Heaven podcast and Wizard Team. Um, I really love the Food Heaven podcast for all the that's reasons. That's where my point is going to go because you know I'm not listening to Wizard Team. Yeah, kind of all the reasons that like we were just talking about. Yeah, I Black think that's Girl where Home. I found like, um, yeah, the Food Heaven like podcast very, was it's through Black like Girl the, the food version yeah. of it. Um, and, you know, anytime, again, that women of color are celebrating healthy food, celebrating putting their bodies first, putting their, their minds and their, their selves first, like eating healthy, giving you great ideas for it, like, all of that stuff, I want more of that in 2018. So, you know, I think that it's really important for us to have um, representation of black women in media taking care of themselves and putting themselves first. And so we really get that with this podcast. Plus, the blog is awesome, too. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff on there. And then with Wizard Team, you know, it's black girls talking about Harry Potter. So that's for me, it's like that's always a good thing. Yeah, I like all the Harry Potter podcasts and I'm like, I'm not going to put y'all through me listing them all out but i mean there's not a harry potter podcast that i haven't listened to in some capacity like some of them i like more than others um you know but yeah that 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 one i listened to while we were overseas a bit and that was fun to listen to on the train because it's you know it's not often most of the other potter podcasts that i can think of are all like white people yeah so yeah all right, so moving on from podcasts into blogs. Oh, blogs. Blogs. 2017 is not the year of the blog, in case you're wondering. It's not the year <laughs> Unless of the blog. you're different no. than I am and you, for some reason, know all these magical blogs. We would love to know the magical blogs. Uh, tell I me what they are. I think that we talked about it just a few weeks ago that we both, we both miss blogging. We both miss what blogging was, but like a lot of the blogs that we both followed back in the day are not super active now. And even though I would still say those are my favorite blogs, we're not going to share those ones with you because, you know, people post like every three months, which we're not mad at because we completely understand because we do the same. Um, So, (laughs) Um, all right. So my first blog is What I Want You to Know uh, by Christabel Plummer, who we're actually going to have on the podcast here I believe in January. Um, So she's like a London based uh, fashion travel and lifestyle blogger. And I actually found out about her through our mutual friend, Supal, who's also friends with Melissa. 
And I just saw her, like, in one of her, like, her posts, and I was like, who is this, like, pretty black girl who's just, like, super stylish and, like, is just living her best life and has, like, black girl joy, and I just love it. So I clicked through, and I was like, oh, my God, I just love everything about you. So she reminds me of, like, a throwback to, like, blogging back in the day where, like, there's personality in it, and it doesn't yeah. just feel like there's it's not all a lot for, of people like, who are doing sales that and, and that sort of thing. And, like, she does show you her life, and, yes, her life seems great, but it also doesn't seem, like so ridiculously like over the top and unattainable that you're just like well why am i watching this because like this has nothing to do with like reality because some like some bloggers it's like you're like who is funding this like i don't understand like this isn't reality or other bloggers it's like every other post is buy this buy that and you know and it's like i understand that those some of those things need to be in there and i get that but there's a difference between you making it feel as if it's authentic and it is something you use or just like feeling like this is just one long commercial um, so she just does a really great job of like sharing black girl joy, like enjoying London traveling. She did like a tour of America, which is fun when he, uh, a tour of America, which was funny to see because she just like, you know, it's America and it's her in America and like things that like are nearby to us. She's like, what the heck is this barbecue? Right. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, you know, that That's sort of funny. thing. Uh, yeah. She was like freaking out over the barbecue because they, I think they went to like Louisiana and she was like, oh my God, this is amazing barbecue. Like just, you know, flipping out over it. That's funny. Uh, and you know, all of her, like her blog is great. All of her feats are great. But like her, her feats are like so good that you actually like want to click through and go to her blog, which I feel like can kind of be a hard sell nowadays. It's like hard to get people to want to actually click through. So I think she, she makes you want to click through and she's worth it when you do. She's just always happy, has great advice, like has an interesting life. And yeah, just reminds me of like back in the day. Yeah. My first one, I had a different one and I switched it up because it made me think of somebody else's blog when you were talking, which is not a brand new blog at all. And if you've been on the internet and reading blogs for a while, you probably know of a cup of Joe. Um, and mm-hmm. it's been around forever. Um, and I want to say Joanna Goddard, that's her name, right? Yes. So Joanna Goddard uh, is a blogger. Has she written a book? I don't know if she's written a book, but she's I... been on the internet long enough to have written a book. Her blog is a book. You yeah. have time to go through it. It's a book. Um, it's no longer just her blog anymore. I didn't, I put her in kind of a line with kind of like the old joy yeah. type of mm-hmm. look, like lifestyle of being a mom and kind of having... Um, but now Joanna has a lot of contributors, and so it's different people writing different things to her blog and the content. I feel like it's daily. Mm-hmm. It's usually very different. So it's not always for me. It's not always relatable. But there have been some really cool topics um, just about motherhood and, and me getting more into that and people who, the way they parent a little bit differently, people who are, like, more nomadic and that type of thing. And Ashley Ford, who is a writer who I absolutely adore from Twitter, has just become one of her main contributors. And I think she may be the first Black woman, if not the only one that's on staff right now that's contributing to the blog so that's a big deal to me just seeing that somebody's trying to reach out and be more diverse and understand the feedback they and the criticism she gets because she gets a lot of criticism because she's been online for a very long time so um for her to keep growing and learning from just being this voice and and look look at me and look my blog looks like me because it is an extension of me and being more like my content needs to be representative of all my readers i think that's a big deal so i really do uh, i want to give her a little shout out for doing that and, and making an effort yeah, um, that blog has been around for ever. Ever, forever. And it's always <laughs> been really good and really consistent. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, like, one of the few that I think has been around since, like, back in the day. Also, A Beautiful Mess has been around forever and is still yeah. consistent. Um, but, again, that's more design. Style, right, right, so right. I think, much yeah. Of it. Like, it's a little bit of, like, lifestyle design. It's not as far design as, like, say, like, Design Sponge. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. 
Uh, my second one is going to be Space on Third by Amber, who we've had here on the podcast, and you all know is a friend of both of ours. Um, I just love her podcast. Again, it's, it, or I'm sorry, I love her her blog. It's kind of like, a thro- again, a throwback to like the good old days of blogging. Like, it has... Like, He's not like when he's what we're I talking know. to the chair. <laughs> like, the good old days of blogging. What are you doing? <laughs> ah, man, I feel so like old. Even yeah, I'm talking I do. about like three years ago. Um, but yeah, like it has consistent content, you know, she shares her personality in it. Like you really get a good sense of who she is from her blog. There's lots Um, of coffee. Yeah. There's all the things that I like, which is like coffee shops and books Books. and like self care and like being motivated and organized. Like there's a lot of that in there, which is what she's all about in real life. So, you know, you really do get a good sense of that. And it's, it's interesting because I mean, we talked about, um, why she named her, her blog, Mm -hmm. what it is. Um, with the whole third space theory and it really does feel that way like when I pull up to her blog like it feels like a place that I know that I'm like coming home to it feels right. like it has that like homey like safe feeling to it um, so especially with this year you know just kind of like needing that break and you know mental like getaway every once in a while like it's it's been really really great for that so I'm excited to see because I mean she just recently it's still been it's still pretty new that she's done the rebrand and stuff right. so I'm really excited to see what she does in 2018 as and well. it's visually just stunning like in terms of having a blog uh, the photographs she uses are yeah, very photographs fantastic are, like again it just makes you have that like feeling of being home yeah, yeah. Um, my second blog that I'm going to shout out, and mainly because they're switching more so to a digital platform as well, is Teen Vogue. Uh, since they are no longer yes. going to be a print magazine, I definitely am going to subscribe digitally. But the blog posts that they post are amazing. I feel like Elaine Weltworth has done such an amazing job at curating her team and the editors and the people who are writing and contributing to the blog itself outside of just the magazine. Because the blog posts are like they're fantastic. They're very in depth, and I feel like I talked about this last week. Of mm-hmm. uh, they just challenge to change the narrative of what a teenager thinks about and what they should be thinking about in 2017 versus just like what lipsticks you like. And da, da, da. they actually add a little bit more information. So I've read some really incredible stories um, from that blog this year that have been really impactful. Um, just in terms of stories of women and what they've gone through and different things. So I, I if it sounds weird to be like, Teen Vogue has had some really good stories on their blog, but... But they have. But they have. <laughs> and that's, like, I'm for real. So uh, I would definitely uh, recommend uh, checking that out. I'm trying to think of the blog that posts that most recently that I've read that's kind of... Oh, it was kind of um the story of a girl who was like, oh, I was a really good um, black person. And basically it came back and blew up in my face like it just didn't work out like being even the best black yeah. person you could be black girl being fit into this mold of being one of the good ones so to speak did not work out for her it still came back and, and blew up in her face online because of something she tweeted and it just became a hot mess so yeah i definitely would recommend that blog i'll post a link to that post specifically in the show notes um are we counting bustle as a blog yeah because I love me some Bustle. Everybody loves Bustle. It's... Listen, like, the, the thing about Bustle is, like, Bustle is what BuzzFeed could have been. But they're just like, no, we're I think just... Bustle is, like, I feel like what, like, Ladylike tries to be in terms of from BuzzFeed, if we're going to can it to anything. It's yeah. still very different because 
Ladylike is not very political, and Bustle is yeah, very political. Super political. Um, but yeah, I think it like it's like Buzzfeed wants to do that, but they're so all over the place that it's yeah. really hard for them and to pinpoint. And it's funny to me that so many people are into Buzzfeed, and like, of course, there are people in the Bustle, but it's like there's more people in the Buzzfeed. I guess it just shows like the whole like the masses are. Yeah, and they, and Buzzfeed was kind of one of the first. I, I like Buzzfeed for video content. Um, not so much the site. I never really go to the site even to take quizzes anymore. I don't go there. Um, the video content, I'm, you put Eugene on a video, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. That is a beautiful I, man. I will say that, like, I like, <laughs> I like people that work at Bustle. Yeah, yeah, the people yeah. who work there, like, but Quentin Brownson, As a um, whole, Asha like, Perez. I'm very into Bustle as a blog. I'm yeah, as a blog. It, I'm gonna call right. it my third blog. Um, like, I'm very into it. I feel like I end up reading something from it every day. Even when I'm not actively going there, stuff comes up in all my feeds that, oh, yeah, you know, all the stuff time. That's, that's gonna be that I'm going to enjoy and comes up um, from there. So then, you know, I end up just being on there reading everything that I can get my hands on. But a lot of it just seems like, I mean, it's just all content for the most part that I'm interested in, which is rare. Um, and what's been really interesting is they've had like a lot of gift lists this year and they have been incredibly helpful. Like normally all those gift guides and stuff do nothing for me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I read them every year. I see them all over the place and like, I'll, you know, read them and I'm just like, yeah, I don't pay $80 for a teacup to give my friend. Yeah. Like none of these fit me at all. But this year they've had multiple lists that I've actually bought stuff from. So it's like, I feel like they get people and they kind of actually like understand what is going on. Um, but yeah, they're they're very political. Um, they Russell have a lot reminds of me of a stuff. more tolerable Jezebel. Like yes. that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it like, definitely it, is. It definitely more does tolerable. have that feel. Like yeah. they're they're very feminist. They're very political, but they're also like fun, and they yeah. have that like pop culture side. So it's kind of just like a combination of all the things I love um, in one place. So I'm gonna call that one my third for the year. Um, and they have a lot of Harry Potter stuff too. And that's important. You know I don't read that stuff. <laughs> um, my third one is like uh, Milo, which is like, their design studio, but their uh, blog actually is full of free. I feel like I shared their blog stuff the most in terms of freelancer type of content because they have a lot of contributors and it's very helpful. Like it's very much like, here's what I did to not lose money on my taxes or I, you know, I almost lost it. Like it's very relatable content as a freelancer. And in terms of reading business blogs, it's really, really difficult right now because I don't know what is happening online? I don't know what people are doing with businesses. I don't know. Everybody's switching things and they're being more like influencer based and less actual business. And, and a lot of people are out of the game of having a business. And so some people are going back to work. So it's just been really weird trying to figure out where am I getting business blogging from. Um, mm-hmm. But Milo has been very consistent in terms of just putting out information. I think it's kind of like a once a week. It's not even like a every day type blog like some of the other ones that we mentioned but their content is usually really good so um that's going to be my third recommendation in terms of blogs now we're moving on to our favorite books because it has been a year of reading books are the best i'm excited i'm very excited about the book section (laughs) all right you go first um so my first book that i'm going to talk about is a brief history of seven killings by marlon james i have been in a relationship with jamaican man for like 12 years (laughs) I think, yeah, 2000, oh, maybe more than 12, is it 12 years? Yeah, it's been 12 years, 2005. I was like, oh, I don't think it, I, yeah, I literally, it's been 12. It's been 12 years. Because um, we're the same. Yeah, I, I think all of my friends have met their significant others most of the time, at the same time. Um, so understanding more about Jamaican culture is really interesting. And I think Marlon James did a really good job. He wrote about Jamaica uh, generally from 19, I'm going to say the mid 60s, early 60s until 
going straight into New York into like the mid to late 90s um, and just having this information about some of the stuff that happened with the CIA and, um, you know, Bob Marley. It's fiction, though. So it's like it's nonfiction, but fiction because it's written in a way where it's using fictional characters, but it's talking about nonfiction events. So Bob Marley's name is never specifically mentioned in the mm. book. Um, he's referred to as the singer the entire time. So these people who are in the book who are around him are very are based off of, fic- of actual people who actually did work with Bob Marley. And so I had to Wikipedia. And of course, the Wikipedia paragraph is like three inches. You know, (laughs) like it's so short, you can't understand anything. But it's been really interesting because it's written a lot of times. It's written in the viewpoint of many characters. The beginning of the book has like a whole like glossary of people. And so when I opened that, I was like, oh, I'm going to take this back. But I got over it. I figured it out. Um, And when it's written in the Jamaican characters, they're all speaking Patois. And if you do not understand Patois, reading Patois is very difficult. I've been listening to Patois for 12 years, as I said, not as often because David doesn't speak in Patois all the time. But when he does, it's like I can understand or around his family or, you know, some of his the people who are in his extended family, especially his grandmother, I cannot understand a single thing she says. Yeah. Ever. Like reading it <laughs> ever. Way uh, but reading it, it is so difficult. So it's really switched up the way, and, and that book is really long. It's, I think it's like 700 pages or so. Um, so reading just all this different patois, it, it really helped me understand more of what Jamaican people think and the way they think, because the way they think is very differently in terms of sentence structure and all that stuff. And it's just culturally understanding more about the culture and uh, why things are the way they are still there and um, why the drug trade was so crazy and, and what was involved. And um, so it's just the history that I needed in terms of Jamaican history where there hasn't been a lot of documentary films about Jamaica in the 70s, 60s to the 80s. Uh, I think the Bob Marley documentary that a lot of people have watched on Netflix has been like, it's good, but it's not historically about Jamaica. It's about Bob Marley. And it's not, it's like, it's accurate, but it also paints him in a really great light. Yeah. So it's not subjective at all. So he's really like, he did nothing wrong except forget to, you know, not cut off his toe or whatever. You know, it's not, that's like the, the most negative thing I feel like they say about him is that he didn't cut off his toe. They kind of like gloss over yeah. it. They're like, he cheated on his wives, but whatever. Like, it's very like, like a lot. yeah. <laughs> he's got so many children. How many does he have? Like at least 12. So many kids, y'all. Um, but this book, it, it's not about him. So that's why I like that. Yeah. It's about the actual country and what his stardom did to the country. Because they talk about people coming in from like the Rolling Stones and all these other large publications to come into Jamaica, which Jamaican people are like, well, why are these white people out here? So it was just a really good book. And so if you have time, I recommend uh, any person reading it. But it is long. It's a long book. So that sounds you know, like a good one. I feel in. like I would actually enjoy that, but I feel like I'd be at your house for all the patois parts, and I'd be like, "Dude, can you?" We were like together, slowly? and I was like, <laughs> I would, "We were at the beach um, around his birthday, actually, when we um, when I first started reading it." So we were on our way out to the beach, which was an hour and a half drive or whatever and so I'm reading the words and I'm like what does this mean what because there's so much slang and some of it he even doesn't know because it's like outdated or it's just something that his family never used because they're not from that certain region or whatever yeah so it's so crazy I don't know but it was a good book so my first book that I also think was my favorite book that I read this year um at like top very top of the list uh was The Beautiful Struggle by Ta-Nehisi Coates Um, At the end of last year, I read Between the World and Me, and I think most people read them in the other opposite order. Um, So Between the World and Me is like, you know, his his letter to his son, just basically about being a black man in America. Um, But The Beautiful Struggle 
um, is more about like his own childhood and his life growing up and, you know, his relationship with his father, what it was like to grow up in Baltimore, like during like the crack era and all of that, um, you know, being in a family that was in the Black Panthers, um, you know, getting into Howard and like how all of that affected his life and just, you know, just growing up. And, and he definitely it's interesting because reading it um, with his story kind of being second it's like everything that I read in the first one, it's like, so this led you to become the person who right. would write this letter. And it's very interesting because so much of what I read in, um, you know, uh, Between the World and Me was relatable. And I remember when I read it, I was like, oh my God, we need to just like make all white people have to read this because then we don't have to explain as much things <laughs> to them because it's just so tiring to explain things to them. And like, this will explain to them. But it's so interesting that we could come from such like extremely different backgrounds and have extremely different life experiences, but still have like, similar he and I both themes. Have that, yeah. yeah. Both like I can relate to the, the, you know, that novel so much. Um, so that was just really interesting to see like where he came from and everything. And honestly, everything that he's written has blown me away. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's, it's just basically his story, his life story. And it's, it's fantastic. Um, I would highly recommend it to everyone. It's on my it's, Goodreads. I just quick, added it like last week. Yeah. Like just, it's a quick read. I don't know how I, how I've missed this at all. Cause I read yeah, this. Say, I have it if you want to borrow stuff, it. Um, so I'm very excited. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And it's, you know, it's a quick read, but yeah, it's, you know, he, he's just amazing. He's just an amazing, like, I, I definitely look up to him as a writer, um, and, you know, just being able to kind of get a better inside, like inside look as to like how he grew up and why things were the way that it was, um, was just very eye opening. Uh, and he's not like that much older than us. Yeah. He's um, young. I was surprised when like, after I read his essays, I looked yeah. him up and I was like, he's not that much older than we are. Um, so it was interesting to read about an era that's not that far from my own but far enough that his parents were like black panthers and and that sort of thing yeah um so yeah so it was really fantastic it's like in every bookstore go buy it um and read it um my second pick um which i guess i should say like trigger warning uh it's about dying and death and and cancer so if you are dealing with those things right now especially during the holidays you don't want to hear about this feel free to fast forward for about like two and a half minutes probably less than that uh because i'm just going to go over this really quickly uh, so I read The Bright Hour by Nina Riggs. Um, it is her story about her mother's uh, journey with cancer and then her own journey of cancer. And they both pass away. Um, so Nina's story basically ends. And then there's like an epilogue about her passing away and how that happened. Um, having cancer, her going through the process of her mom and mourning and understanding what that looked like was very eye-opening i mean i've I've watched and read a lot about different stories about cancer and people losing family and and just because it's such a an unpredictable disease you don't know what's going to happen how it affects you and how it affects your life but i feel like nina did a really beautiful job of just writing her mother's story like the way she talked about her mother's pain and and losing her mother and how that grief just always hits you when you least expect it so right after her mother passed away she, she there was grief but because they were you know in a process where they understood that she was going to be dying and it was a little bit longer. It wasn't as difficult, but afterwards with her learning that her cancer was going to be fatal, that she was not going to be able to have treatment that was going to help her um, beat the disease and everything. She basically, it kind of changed the way she looked at things and her grief became a little bit more and just understanding how she wrote about her husband and her dad and leaving 
those people behind. It was a really good book. Like I, I generally try, I tried to read like a fiction and nonfiction. And so I think all three of my choices are like nonfiction or fiction based on actual events, um, just because those have been in, more impactful to me this mm-hmm. year in terms of what I've been reading. Um, some of the fiction I've read have been really lighthearted and kind of fluffy because I read stuff like this <laughs> that's real deep and really uh, yeah, meaningful and real. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, like two people died in this book. Let me take a break. Like in the, oh, by the way, if you read a brief history of seven killings, it's more than seven killings. That's just like a cute, like there's, it's, it's a lot of, there's a lot of killing. It's Jamaica. Um, it's the murder capital. Of, it seems like your books are very, they're real uh, dark. <laughs> they're real dark. <laughs> they're real dark. They're real dark. Um, um, so yeah, I, that one, I definitely, I, I think everyone should read just because it, we've all experienced some type of grief, yeah. um, some type of loss. And I think there was a beautiful way in the way that she wrote it and the way that her family put this work out there because I think they could have not have done that they could have had like if I was watching I think it would be a really challenge especially as her husband to watch her your wife be an author and her Mm -hmm. writing about dying and what that felt feels like and what that was like for her and and still choosing to publish that work versus being selfish and keeping it to yourself like he really I think that's a brave decision on her husband's part to do that post uh Humorous, you know the word, humorously, thank you. Um, So to do that, I think, uh, yeah, so I definitely would recommend. I feel like every every person, especially in my age range, because we're in a place where we have older parents and and things that are just unexpected. I have a lot of friends whose kids have cancer right now, and it's been really tough this holiday season to get on Facebook and read all these losses or these diagnoses and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, that's my recommendation. If you can stop, you don't have to though. Like, don't you can read unicorn fluff fluff after the holiday. Yeah, maybe season. like you know March. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when the sun comes out that and you can go safer. outside and, and take a break. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the second book that is on my list is Whatever Happened to Interracial Love, and it's actually a book of stories by Kathleen Collins, and. Some like book of stories for me are very hit or miss. Yeah, it's like, same. I either same. love them or I'm just like, because eh. um, the level of the stories can be yeah it's, good or bad exactly. <laughs> and so you know, and and I feel like more often than not, I'm not always a fan of that sort of thing. same. Um, but this was like poetry. I mean, it's just like. When I first started reading, I was like, "Are we sure this isn't a book of poetry?" Instead of like, just the way she writes is like. I don't even think I could compare it to anyone. It's just so beautiful. And and when I saw it, I actually picked it up um, last time I was in D.C. I picked it up in January. And we were at this really cool um, little shop that had, like, books and food and all sorts of great things. And, of course, I came home with, like, five books. Yeah, but... Bus Boys and Poets. No. Oh. But um, I, uh, I basically, oh, I saw the cover and I was just like, hmm. Whatever happened to interracial love? This speaks to me, obviously, being interracial. I'm like, this seems like something that I would be interested in. And, of course, I was right. It definitely, like, I just, it's from a different era, um, but it was 100% relatable. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like most of the things still apply. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, Kathleen Collins wasn't really, like, appreciated in her own time, Mm -hmm. um, even though she was incredibly brilliant. Um, So I just think it's, even that more important like that's one of the things I've been trying to focus on this year is like how many women and women of color and people of color 
have there been out there that, you know, have done something great, but it's just kind of been looked over because Same. they weren't a white man. So how can I honor those people that have, you know, put in all this effort? And even if I don't know their name yet, maybe they still put in a lot of effort that have, have gotten me to where I am today. So I definitely think she's one of those people, like me being a writer and, and that sort of thing, um, who has just put out beautiful work before me and didn't get, like, the credit that she uh, should have gotten. Um, so it's it's a really beautiful book. It's a quick read, too. Like, it's it's not at Yeah, all. it looks very small, so Yeah, it's, cool. it's small. You see, it's it's right in front of us, so it's small. Yeah. And then I'll show you, like... We're not just making this up. Like, the words, like, you know... Like, yeah, you they're tell, like, good it's, space. It's yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a quick read. Like, I feel like you could knock it out in two, three days, even if you're not, like, just sitting in front of it. Right. But you could also read it in a day. Um, so definitely add it to your list and uh, check out just what an amazing artist she is. My last uh, book, and I've talked about this on the podcast in depth, so I'm not going to go into it too much. I think it was part of an answer of a listener question was The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. And that's yes. just completely changed the way I, if you've not listened to that episode, it's changed the way I've been able to understand more about uh, being a, a Black American or African American person um, in those years in the uh, right after slavery was abolished and up until past um, Jim Crow a little bit more into the 90s because it tells these stories of people who you know were children right after slavery was abolished or in the early Jim Crow years living through Jim Crow and, and in detail and in depth but choosing to leave the South. So it's about the great migration of people not staying in the South. And that's very different than my family story because, as I said before, they stayed in Georgia. They did not leave. They were like, it's okay. We're comfortable. Uh, Jim Crow is fine for us. Um, so reading these stories of these three different people, these black people who went to California, Chicago, or Detroit, forgot which one, um, and New York City. And just understanding why they made the decision and still why that was difficult for them. It still was not an easy choice and the migration was hard and them living was hard because they had to adjust and take these, these, this culture basically that has come out of being an African-American or being a slave and moving it into a place where they still technically aren't wanted. It's like, oh, black people are moving up north. How good for you. But we still don't really care. Like it's not as openly racist at Jim Crow where people are actually being, you know, murdered in the streets and, and et cetera, but they're still being now introduced to the crack era and all those type of stuff, drugs and all that other things. So it's just so interesting because I feel like a lot of the books that I've read that have been specifically um, nonfiction about uh, black lives or uh, black people have all talked about crack. <laughs> because it, and not in a way like, oh, crack is great. It's just how much of an effect that the crack era has had on this nation and a culture on black people and how much that has like decimated so many communities of black people just because it was just a very tough era um it was just a lot of people having to choose and and pick and choose and leave their families as kids uh and and distance themselves from their fathers and that's why we kind of had that fatherless stereotype and all that stuff so it's just uh it was it's heavy too as well there's some murder it's not as murderous as the other the first one. It's not. I'm not <laughs> laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's just like it's always murder. I can rate some murder. Uh, you guys, I'm real. I'm, I I accept my life with death. As and I, it's funny because like I have another friend that only listens to podcasts. That like true crime. It's yeah. just like I feel like I attract people that like dark. Murder well, stuff. I think everybody who knows me knows that I'm that dark and twisty sister. I'm <laughs> like that. You know that. Um, if I wasn't who I was and I wasn't married to my husband, I'd be a mortician. True story. Um, there's an Ask a Mortician YouTube channel if you're into that type of stuff. She is, is re- she is very funny. 
but it's real dark. So if you're not into <laughs> death at all, I would not recommend. But if you are curious about like what happens to dead people during natural disasters, like I was curious, like what happens? There you go. She has a video on it. So interesting. That is my uh, last. And I recommend everybody to read the Warmth of Other Suns, just be, especially if you're American, just because it talks about how Black people integrated and migrated amongst uh, America and what the the climate and the culture was. I mean, it's just. It's crazy. It talks about Ray Charles. Like, Ray Charles is mentioned in the book. It's one of the characters was the doctor of Ray Charles. Um, and how, how Ray Charles was a hot mess. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just keeping it real. <laughs> keeping it real. Uh, By the way, the name of that um, place is Kramer Books and Afterwards a Cafe. Mm. It's literally, like, in my... I have the bookmark right here. Mm. And I like it because they have, like, lists of, like, books that you should get. Um, and then they also have like the literary, here are the literary, like, no, these are the books that you I'm a hot mess. Like, I'm like, discuss. let's talk about the food. But then, yeah, on the back, cocktails. they have literary cocktails. Ooh, so, uh, my friend yeah. Shelly had a book club when she lived here was Books and Bubbly. I remember, yeah, you were telling that, me about that. Yeah. Went to, and she moved to New York because yeah, she was a trader. Really great, um, <laughs> it was a really idea. great, uh, cafe slash bookshop. And my cousin also encouraged me on that trip to start, because I, I always get books when I travel, so he encouraged me to start writing the like the name of where i get it and where oh, yeah. it was and the date in in like the back of the book or something because it's funny like when we went to england i was so into like going to into every bookshop that i went to like that i could see and then like buying stuff that i ended up donating clothes to their version of like whatever right. yeah like i donated clothes because i needed to make more room in my bags to go home for books um, so John was just like, okay, like we're, we're literally, cause like we literally walked by and I was like oh, a clothes donation place. Like now I can donate my clothes so we can take more books home. And he's just like, I, I, literally I can't can. imagine John's face and it is my favorite <laughs> face and I need a Christmas card with John's face on it. Like I need you to go back to the clothes right? donation box. Somebody take a picture yeah. of John being like, this is I was my like, life. Honey, do you have anything you want to get rid of? He's, he's like, like, no, boo. Hey. <laughs> no. Like, these are the clothes I brought he's here like, no, for boo. a purpose. Like I it's collected cold. these clothes. And then he's also just like so you're gonna get rid of these pants but then you're probably gonna buy like similar pants like that when we get home and i'm like well i'm not gonna yeah that's probably true oh my gosh <laughs> y'all so, yeah, shout I love, out to john god bless him all right so my third book is gonna be um undivided from the unwind series by neil schusterman so it's the fourth book in this series and it's kind of a ya book i guess um but it's actually really good. It's it's basically this theory of um, what would happen if we couldn't decide what to do, like with abortion. And in this book, it's oh, like set, I feel like yeah, I think you I told, told you about, about it before, this. and yeah, I may yeah, mention yeah. it on the podcast. But it's basically like um, you know they have a war over abortion because like the two sides just can't like figure it out, and so they have this big war over it. And then afterwards, and this is like way in the future. Afterwards, they decide that they are going to unwind kids as a solution. So instead of you know abortion, basically what happens is like you have your kid, and then if they're like misbehaving past the age of like thirteen, then they can get unwound. And because you're not like technically like I guess killing the child, like they take all their divided pieces. So it's like their heart is over here and their like arm is over here and their eyes are so it basically all becomes donated parts to like other people. <laughs> Talk about dark. This is yeah, it's definitely I'm dark. Like, so she's talking like about it. me. You probably like and it. My yeah, books, the face you're making is like Nobody's out here killing kids for parts of my yeah. books, friends. Yeah, so and it's and that's what's interesting about it is like it's written in this in this world that like it just seems very believable. Like it doesn't seem like something 
That's so that, far off. You know, like, yeah, yeah like, you, you you walk into this world and, and you're just kind of like, yeah, I could see this all happening. Like, this all kind of checks out. I could see humans doing this. Um, and so, you know, basically it, it centers around this one kid who he gets to a certain age and he's gotten in trouble at school and, like, you know, he just keeps being an unruly teenager and so his parents sign in order to have him unwound. And on the way to, like, the camp, he, like, breaks out and whatever. And so it chronicles him and a few other people who have, like, the same sort of situation. Okay. But they have, you know, like, a group of people that are that um, are trying to, like, age out of the system. Like, trying to wait till they're 18 so oh, okay. that they can't so be you unwound. Can be, so they're, if you're like, an adult, hiding. you're fine. Yeah, if you're an adult, you're fine. So it's, like, I think it's between the ages of, like, 13 to 18. So you have people, like, trying to, like, hide. And, like, there's there's people that hide, you know, teenagers, like, in their basements and stuff to try to make sure that, like, they don't get unwound. And then there's it, this this particular one, because, like, you start out and it's kind of just their story and, like, they're running and whatever. And then it gets, like, political and, you know, like, other parts of the world get involved and that yeah. sort of thing. So um, this was the fourth and, and final part of it, and it was really fantastic. The reason I actually found out about these books is because when John was teaching at Dr. Phillips High School, the author came through um, to the school because they have, like, a lot of authors yeah. visit that school. And so he got, like, a signed book for the first book, and I was like, eh, I'll pick it up and read it. Why not? But it was really fantastic, and especially just with, like, all the crazy political stuff going on, <laughs> um, you know, in real life, it was kind of like an escape, but also kind of like a stay woke because who knows? <laughs> what is happening next and i would have mentioned like the night circus um but oh, yeah, i feel yeah, like yeah. everyone read that book two years ago but i read it this year and now i was like yeah. now i understand the hype that everybody's talking about because it is really fantastic and also i read game of thrones this year just the first book and it's so the actual series is called a song of fire and ice and most people like watch it but a lot of people don't read it but the book i thought was like freaking amazing i had to stop myself though because it's a long book and i was like i'm really gonna get behind on my book goals which i'm not i didn't meet my book goals this year which was to read 80 books we're gonna try again next year didn't get there this year um but i was like i can't be reading game of thrones right now because i'm like really behind on my book goals but i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna finish out the series in january so that i'm kind of like starting the year with it getting through it quickly and then moving on to say, and there's like nine thousand game of thrones books so i mean it, you should put a dent is there like seven um i feel like i'm saying nine thousand it's probably I like seven i feel like there's four that's it actually Jeez. but one book is like i mean, I mean I know, i've seen just, them because like, yeah, i made friends like, thick and dense. want me to read them um I'm not probably into the show is over, but yeah, uh, yeah. I think the only YA is dark. I don't get y'all. Yeah, so there's um, <laughs> a Game of so Thrones. Dark. There's a Clash of Kings, Storm of Swords, and a Feast for Crows, um, a Dance with Dragons, and then we're waiting on yeah. Book so there's going to be six. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we'll see because I mean George R. R. Martin is like eight million years old, and he just doesn't really seem to be rushing the writing process at all like they were told them at one point like we're gonna move on from your storyline in the show and he's just kind of like whatever bro um so i don't know we'll see what is gonna happen with that and then another book that i really love had stories is the opposite of loneliness by marina keegan this girl, i feel like that's on my list yeah, of books to read she, um, it's on my goodreads she went to yale and she was killed like a few days after graduation and that sounds terrible yeah but the book isn't about that the book is actually a lot of her because she was already like while she was going to school going to college she got published in like the new york times and stuff like that so she was already like becoming a writer which is what she wanted to do is like be you know an author and a journalist and um she already had been published and everything so this is like her essays and her stories a lot of the ones that like were not published so her family got together after she passed away her family and her friends and her um, you know, professors and everyone got together and they, you know, produced this book. Um, 
in her honor. And, and it's interesting because the lady that does the foreword, she was like, you know, Marina would want to be would want to be remembered not because she died, but because she was good. And I right. really loved that because I do think that sometimes when people die, we are like, oh, well, they died. So now we need to like act like all the things they did were fantastic when sometimes they weren't cough, Hugh Hefner cough. Um, but in this situation, it's like she was really a fantastic writer. And one of the stories from here was really dark. I'm going to make you read it. Um, and it, like, I mean, I was going to read the book anyway. It's on my Goodreads. Yeah, I just it need to... haunts me. You'll know which one. If you've read the book, you'll know. And when you do read the book, you'll know. It's just a story that it's a fiction story because half of them are fiction, half of them right. are nonfiction. Okay. So um, it's a fiction story, but it is like creepy and it just left me with a it weird feeling fantastic. in a good way like it's yeah like it sounds away. great <laughs> uh, whereas um whatever happened to interracial love it's all stories that i'm like are they fiction are they real i don't know i don't like it's not clear does that make yeah, sense yeah 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 so they're both really good and, and again i don't i don't normally tend to go for books that are like that but this year i did and it, and it worked out it's so. been a very fun year so those are definitely our- add both of us on goodreads and um you know let us know any recommendations you might have because we're you know ready to get our 2018 book list organized so like i'm already my 2018 because i i get most almost all of my books from the library i'm a lady that is old and i want our libraries <laughs> to stay open <laughs> um <laughs> this is not a problem in any other city i mean it is in some places but like in terms of like, I don't understand why Orlando, or specifically our county, like, people don't use the library, and so they're always in threat of being closed. So I'm like, I'm going to take an L and use library books. <laughs> I use both. And another weird thing that I do is I'll read a book from the library, and then after I read it, You'll I like buy it. it, I go buy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah and that's that what I do. I'll do I that. I also am a member, and I hope that, like, the library gods don't listen to this and, like, arrest me. But I'm a member in Orange and Osceola County because we live in Osceola County. But you can now. do that. Okay, it's allowed. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know. it's not like so, you could, like, it's probably not allowed in the way you're doing it, but you can have a, like, they would make you pay, like, a yearly thing to be in okay. Orange County. So it's like, not like you're going to, they're going to kill you. Yeah, when I was in Orange County, it was really great because I could order books to my door. Yeah. Can you do that here? You can't order them to the that's door, but I you can thought. order them to your library. So that's what I do because they don't have any books at our library. Our library is tiny. It's like the size yeah, of your apartment. Really uh, but they have, I order all the books unless I request. So what I'm requesting right now that are, will be here probably in 2018 uh, is Jennifer Lewis's new book and Gabrielle Douglas's new um, book. So I'm very excited about those because they're going to be my kickoff 2018 books by the time they get here. It makes me sad to not be able to get them right to my door though because that yeah, is that was so Yeah, that's very like, easy. It was so great. My, grand, I, my grandfather got me hip to that because he's yeah. like, I mean, I like going to like because I go to the library in Dr. Phillips. Um, so I do like going to that library, but I also like to just be like to my door to my door so now i can't do that aspect no. of it anymore but i still have the card because the dp yeah. library is stacked man. it's giant but the library yeah. is right literally five minutes really from close. my kid's school so it's, i it's do a loop go, go in <laughs> it's very close. go in get my book because it has my name everything, in it and then come out and leave so close. you know like yeah. this morning i had to go return a package because um the gift that matt got ben two of them shipped and then I needed to go, like, run, like, a few, like, two other errands. And I got them all done in, like, 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, because everything's for him. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is great. So, okay, so a lesson yes. from 2017 as we, we close out the year. year. Looking back, what, what oh was the God. biggest lesson? We learned that people are going back to the mo- No, I'm kidding. Um, like, reading the news, I shouldn't do it. I just, like, quit. Uh, I feel like a lesson from 2017 is more so about... Um, Delegating, and that's not something that I did not know, but now it's more so a necessity and less of a, I'll do it someday, 
uh, type of thing. So understanding what to delegate and delegate more of the stuff that we're doing and the stuff that we really don't like to do. And so we're doing a lot of that in 2018. So I'm super excited about that. But it definitely was a year of learning that because we did have a very heavy client load as we've gone through and we, um, we're doing our client gifts and we're going through our clients. And I'm like, I forgot about half of these people because I did not realize that we did so much work this year, um, even though it, it, I knew it when it was happening, but now that the year's kind of over, it's kind of out of my mind, especially people who've kind of one-time projects. So uh, going back through that and realizing that a lot of that work, some of the stuff that didn't go so great could have been delegated, could have been given to somebody else, or, or some things that could not have been given to other people. Like if we can't give it to somebody else and it's not a certain range of work, then we probably just shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think that's the reality of it. Like, we were sometimes we're a little because some of them have been referrals from other people. Um, I think two of the worst projects that we got were referrals from other people that we usually get referrals from. And so it's not that they were bad referrals from our referral. It's just that we were so used to taking work from these people. So yeah. we're like, okay, whatever, we'll do it because this person is reliable. Um, and it's not the person at all. It's just the the, the referral itself were crazy people. Um, you can't help crazy people. So, and, and I should have known in the beginning to be like, nah, friend, we're yeah. just going to pass. But sometimes you're like, oh, I'll be super nice because I, I like getting referrals from this person, blah, blah, blah. Um, so just the reality, if we can't delegate it, if it's a project that's within a size that I can't delegate because I may not want to do it, I probably should not take it. That's my, my lesson of 2017. I like it. Um, so this year had, like, extreme ups and downs for me. And, like, obviously through all that, like, I definitely learned what I kind of already knew, which is, like, that my family comes through and that we can always, like, depend on each other. So that's kind of, like, personal, not so much business. Um, Plus, it's just kind of something I already knew. But, like, this year, like, we, like, came through and, like, showed it. Um, (laughs) But I would say, I guess my big lesson from 2017 was to stop doubting myself and that I'm, like, worth it. Um, Because basically this year I took, like, my pricing I guess you could say my asking price, whatever, like my, my main price for like my main package of what I do. And I doubled it. Um, and that was really surprising cause it's, that's not normally how I would say to scale things. That's not normally how scaling things works, but I got an opportunity to work with a client that was, I thought very much out of my league. Um, and so in dealing with a client that was on that level, I knew that I was going to be, you know, having a, a large team for this project and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I needed to charge accordingly. Like I didn't, you know, charge them extra just because I charged them because there's going to be a lot going into this project, um, because of the caliber, I guess you could say of uh, clientele or the level or whatever size of business, size of nonprofit. Um, but yeah, so after working with them, like now I'm booking stuff in that realm. Um, so that was a big surprise to me because I didn't really think that I'd be scaling to, uh, that point, um, already. Uh, so, but yeah, I think it's, you know, just don't doubt yourself. I think, you know, look at what you're doing, make sure you're proud of what you're doing. And if you are, then just be like, you know what, I'm worth whatever this is, or, you know, I can go after that dream client. Like I don't have to like wait till a certain time or. Yeah. You don't have to like, oh, I have to wait three to five years. Exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they, you know, and that's the thing is like, you know, it's like I brand for clients and help them find their dream clients, but it's like I almost felt like I was, like, too afraid to, like, go after mine. Right. Um, and that's not to say that, like, everyone I work with is my dream client because I've honestly – I have not really had bad experiences. Everyone's been fantastic. But, you know, obviously in terms of wanting to be able to 
do certain things and make a certain amount of money. Because a lot of the people I work with are small businesses and I love working with them, but they can't pay me what, you know, I need to be paid sometimes. Um, so this was a huge change and a huge like career step. So that's the thing is like life has been very challenging this year, but it's been a good year business wise. So, you know, that's been really good, but that's, that's been the biggest lesson. And I think that's, I really hope that I remember that lesson in 2018 because it's just like, I am a grown ass woman and I really just don't have time to be doubting myself. Like I really just need to get it together. Put your big girl and your pants on and just get it done and, and believe it, believe that I can do it. So that's, that's my lesson of this year. Um, so going into 2018, I guess we'll talk about like, what is our goal for the year? Like, what are we looking forward to and what is a goal? I'm trying to live to see 2018. If I can get through the next two weeks, you got this. You got this. I will be fine. So it's so funny because we were talking about this. I think I laughed because I'm just like I can't even. Like I think we were talking about what's our word for 2018. I'm like I don't know. But my I'm trying to figure out my word of the day, which is like I'm trying to figure out what's happening today. Uh, But for 2018, I think um, more so. I feel like a, a big, big goal, um, obviously, is always for us is to, to to see more, to see more and do more. So whatever that looks like, whatever that means, if it's business-wise, if it's not business-wise, that's generally what we're trying to do. We're always trying to move up and elevate and, and do more and see more. So it's generally a lot more traveling, which I feel like we travel quite a bit this year in terms of having a family, having a, a toddler. Um, not as much as clearly some people I know, but it's just for us and, and where we are and what we do. Um, so just kind of increasing that a bit more and just doing more. I feel like there's always you should always have a responsibility to yourself to do more, even if it's for yourself, if it's for other people, um, your friends, your family, if you have those people. Um, do more in terms of and challenge yourself to do more because I've had some conversations with some friends about why some things didn't go right in their relationships or, or what's happening with friendships. And a lot of times it's because there's one person who has all these dreams and goals and hopes, and there's this person who's okay with where they're... And I don't think there's anything wrong with being confident or, com- like, happy where you are. But a content. lot of times... Yeah, content yeah. with where you are. That's fine. But for... Like, I'm one of those people who's always trying to elevate myself and learn more and know more and do things. So I could totally understand uh, feeling like this isn't... That, that wouldn't work out, that we have problems. So if you're one of those people who want to do more things but you're worried about money or like what am I gonna do or whatever how am I gonna do it just do do more do more even it's just a little thing like David's been kind of doing something different for himself every day I think since his birthday um so it's been crazy weird it's it's crazy weird things but it's really small things um like like just going to to eat somewhere differently or, or watch something different or see something or do a different workout or some type of stuff like that so it doesn't have to be crazy mm-hmm. but I feel like you need to challenge yourself to do more I think if all of us did Always that yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a lesson also that you were just talking about with like, you know, how some people are content and you have to, I guess, know how to spot that if you right, are looking right, to grow. Right. And that, that has been a big lesson for me, as you know, um, just because like I'm not good at spotting it. Mm-hmm. And so I end up like doing projects with people and stuff that, you know, it just doesn't go the way that I plan because I have like bigger plans for it and they're just kind of like not really yeah i feel yeah. like um that's one of the things we t- in terms of us working more so but uh solo mm-hmm. own smaller businesses um especially in really weird niches <laughs> yeah. really and i we've been introduced to talk to people in really strange niches you would not believe um is that a lot of time we've talked to people about things and we've given them like a 10-step program to our plans to do this thing and just for free just for chatting up 
And I, I mean, we've had many people come to us and say, oh, I'm all right. I don't want to do any more than I'm doing. And to me, I, I can't, I'm not thinking it's bad or anything, but to me, I can't even fathom having a business or having an idea and wanting to reach as many people as I can. And it, and it'd be easy to do so because these people are really weird niches, like I said. So it's really easy for them to just do one thing right and, and be and get to so many people as possible. But they don't want to. And that's fine. Like, that's totally fine. But I know that those people aren't the people we work with in terms of our business. We want to work with strategized people who are trying to grow and, and be more bigger than they are. Um, so we've really found a lot over the past seven to eight years is that those people generally aren't good clients for us, which is why when a lot of people come to us and they're like, oh, I have a business idea and it's me. And it's like, um, how far are you willing to take this thing? Because we, like, there to me, there is barely a limit. And a lot of people already limit themselves when they yeah. have new business ideas. Yeah. They're kind of like, oh, I, I'm a black woman. I am a woman in the South. I am a woman yeah. who makes $30,000 or $40,000 a year. I have kids. You know, they already got all the negatives. Mm-hmm. And so if you come to me as a business owner and you want to work with us and you come to me with your cons, we generally are not going to work together because I want to hear the pros. I want to hear what you want to do. So, yeah. Do more. Um, I would say that in 2018, I am most looking forward to it's kind of like a tie between like professionally i would say um working with more nonprofits because that's been really rewarding and awesome um and then finishing my book because that's going to be really exciting and it'll be done this year i have no idea what is going to be the next step after it's done but you know i think you wrote a book. just finishing it yeah <laughs> is that's another yeah, an accomplishment wrote, in itself so i'm really really excited about that and i'm really excited to Kind of just, like, I want to explore, like, every last nook and cranny of Florida, even though I feel like I already have, but I know that there's still more that I haven't seen because, you know, we're we're really talking about making this move a reality, and if that happens, that would be, like, the end of July. Like, I don't want to say, like, it's happening without a, without a doubt, but I will say that I told John, like, I do not want to renew my lease and I'm planning to move, so I hope that you come with me. But if not, we're going to have a long-distance relationship. Because really, it's like, I can get up and leave, and he can't, you know? If John um, has not ever, again, poor John, hashtag, <laughs> he's the hashtag, but, poor John. Yeah, like, if he's so, not ever gotten used to this conversation, <laughs> but right? you guys moved twice this year. <laughs> well, no, no, but I mean moving out of state. I know, but yeah, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah, like, if yeah. he's not used to you coming home and being like, I'm not renewing my lease, I don't know what's yeah. wrong with him. Get yeah. it together, Fred. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing is, like, you know, before it's like, I, I've always, I've been wanting to move since I was 18, like, out of out of the area but i there hasn't been like a place that i've been like this is the place i want to go right um and now i have you know four places in mind and i i like they're literally in order so it's like if the first place doesn't work then this and then if that doesn't work you know and based off of uh a mixture of like uh just research for the area like what educate like the education system is like there for john for working uh what the entrepreneurship scene is like um, how are, how liberal is it? How are people of color? Like all those things. Right. And with everything that's gone on with, um, you know, he, he should not be named and everything in office. Like <laughs> that has really, I think, woken the national one, up. not just the Florida one. Yeah. I feel like we There's all both. in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> we, we... <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like, that is really like woken John up to being like, maybe we need to, you know, switch things up for a while and just kind of get out of the area. So, I mean, our, our first, choice would be to be going overseas um we'll see if that happens he is applying for a program it's you know it's probably going to be hard to get into obviously i'm i'm going to try to be optimistic about it and see what happens we should know i guess about that i think like because he applies in january and i think we'll know like in april or may um and then that would give us a good solid two months still because may is when like if you're 
if you're trying to teach like in the United States, like for the following year, then you'd be applying like anywhere between April and right. July. So that'll still give him plenty of time to apply in the other places that we're looking at, which would be in order Baltimore, Philly, and Atlanta. Um, and we're supposed to be doing a, a trip to Atlanta in um, spring to kind of like a scouting trip. Work camp Atlanta that... is April Ooh, 14th, 12th to the 14th. this work. So Creative South is in Columbus that um, from 10th to the 12th. And I think we're going to do like the okay. long uh, Creative South and then do yeah. Work Camp Atlanta and just be in Georgia the whole time. Yeah, so that, that's a that good... actually could work really well because I do kind of want to be there with people that, I mean, obviously I know some people there, but like you you know me from like a, an Orlando perspective, yeah. if that makes sense. So it's like, I kind of want to be like, what's a pl- place that's comparable to this? Or, you know, if yeah. I wanted to be nothing like in this area, what would that be? And, and that sort of thing. So that's the only place that we haven't been to that we're kind of like, we really need to check out. Which is see. crazy. I mean, know. John so not, I'm like, I don't even care about you. I'm like, John, John has not been, been to Atlanta, Atlanta and it hurts my feelings. Well, the other thing is, is that I'm like, if we do end up moving north, I want us to go to Atlanta now because right. like, it doesn't make sense to go to Atlanta when you're up north. It makes more sense to go to Atlanta when you're already down here. Oh, and also when um, it's like not it's right balls here. hot. Yeah, exactly. Because it gets balls hot there too. Yeah. Like, so yeah, so I mean, that's that's really what I'm mostly looking forward to is possibly, hopefully, speaking into existence, maybe definitely moving. Um, and it's it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'll be happy, but also be sad because, you know, I love everyone here. Um, so I definitely want to do... You'll get over it. All my friends have moved. <laughs> You're like, it'll be fine. All, I mean, like, literally, yeah, like, I've not known my friends. She yeah. just moved to Maryland, but so... But the, the thing is, is like, that I grew up here, though, so yeah. it's like... It, it, well, I mean, a lot of them have lived here. Yeah. Like, my friends who've grown up here, oh, all yeah, of them... And then they, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this past two or three years have really been the yeah, great migration it's, it's of all of It's definitely like the, time for me. The people. But yeah, so I, I definitely want to just spend like a lot of time again, if there are, again, I just, I feel like I've done so much in Florida, but there's gotta be some stuff I haven't done. So, Orlando Weekly always does those weird slideshows of places you should go to. And I, I feel like those would be a good place to start. Cause they always yeah. have like little towns you should go to. Oh, we're going to find the springs that you've That's never seen. That's the thing is I look through those and I'm like, I did it. Yep. <laughs> like, hit them all. Um, my mom was really good about, like, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, but she was good about, like, having us travel around the state, at least. Like, yeah. we didn't really travel outside of the state, but we traveled around a lot, like, in the area often. Oh, like, every weekend, we were at, like, Rosemary a different beach. beach or a different, you know. Like, that area. That's cute. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to do a lot of that, I think, the first half of the year, because my thought process is, like, if we do end up moving to Baltimore then I'd rather do all my, like, New York trips and stuff second half of the year when it's a train right away as opposed to... Oh, the train. You know, my yeah. daughter keeps asking about the train. So. The train is the best. I, I really like, love train travel. What is the deal with Orlando and not having, like, good public transit? Well, maybe I should take her on the song rail so she can get it over with. There's yeah. a rifle sale... And this is when we become Florida podcast Yeah, There's a rifle paper company yep. sale this weekend. Literally, like, um, rifle sale is literally when everyone you know in town is, like, all going to the same winter park. The same We're time. all in Winter Park. And let me tell you, it's it is a good sale. It's always a good sale. It's, like, most five cents for things. Most places, like a dollar. This is an amazing sale. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah I can't it's wait. We will so park good. downtown, and I'll take her on the sun reel to Winter Park, and we'll make a day out of it. I'll figure it out. We'll think about it. Yeah. So I guess that's it. We're rounding up for 2017. Um, <laughs> we, you guys have two more weeks left. Good for you. Um, we do too. I do. I mean, but not here because we're going to be breaking. 
Um, in January, we're going to be switching things up a little bit. I mean, it'll be the same and different. You'll I mean, hear been, more about it's it. It's a hot mess all the time. So yeah, you'll Why hear a little surprised? bit more about it when we get into January. <laughs> but um, we have, as of right now, we have guests booked for January, February, and March. So if you have any guests that you have in mind for April, or if you want to be on the podcast in April, you know, go ahead and write to us and let April. us know. Um, April. April. Yeah, that's that's when our y'all next... keep emailing us and being like you're available in january and the answer is always no yeah so <laughs> let us know if you're interested in april and beyond we'd love to have you on or we'd love to have whoever you have in mind on um yeah i'm really really looking forward to whatever is going to come it'll be next. a year two um celebrations so. yes when we come back we'll be celebrating and then right after episodes. that we'll be celebrating again because it'll be my birthday and it'll Doo-doo. be very Harry Potter-esque. Um, when, is it, when is the royal wedding? The spring? The royal summer? wedding is in spring. We don't have okay. a definite date yet. <laughs> I like, <we're> like, um, <laughs> like I just became a broadcast reporter. For, you like that? <laughs> Even the way I like grabbed my microphone with authority because I'm preparing for the royal wedding. But yes, it is going to be in spring. We do not have a definite date we'll yet. We'll figure it out. Uh, I feel like, like we should April. do a royal themed. Like maybe we'll have a British. Maybe we'll have Bobby on again. Around that time, so she could talk to us. About... Or yeah, or we could have Christabel too. Yeah, we could do a panel for both. Yeah, we of could them. do it. We could do a panel. We'll do some stuff. Yeah, let there's us some know fun stuff that's if you happening. Have, Maybe uh, we'll British friends up. that you think should come onto the podcast and talk about the royal wedding with us. Uh, I have a I have an American friend. I mean, like from, I want to talk but... about like from the business standpoint because I know a lot of businesses are gearing up like already that I know of, especially the mom and pop shops or the so true. Uh, you know, brick and mortar are really like putting a lot of money into making sure that their business is prepped for the tourism and then a lot of my friends are looking at going um to I was gonna say and I will tell you that like we we have been discussing doing um Europe again in 2018 but I will be staying as far away from all that as possible because as much as I'm going to be excited about the royal wedding I do not want to be near that that's going to be uh just a you live here that's going to be so much going on um, so yeah, uh, we're thinking about like Croatia and or Ireland. I know those places are not right next to each other, so that's why it's that's like fine. possibly that's one fine. or the other. We'll um, be back <laughs> in 2018. Um, you'll probably get this podcast in a batch upload of all of them. So enjoy binge listening. Yeah, enjoy your binge listening. <laughs> enjoy your holidays, and we will see you next year. All right, bye, bye. guys. <laughs>